You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, it's hour two on this Friday. It's a meat Friday at that. In case you're wondering, I just went out, checked on the Traeger grills. They're on. We don't have any food on there yet, but that'll take place next hour. We have smoked pork chops with balsamic glaze, mashed red potatoes, and honey glazed carrots. Who has it better than we do? No, nobody. No, we don't. Nobody has it better than we do. All right, we'll get to phone calls coming up. We got a busy hour here. Rex Chapman, Turner Sports uh, analyst and former NBA guard, will join us. Randy Johnson, the big unit, he might be underrated. Might be underrated. If you look at his numbers, how he started, how he ended, I think he pitched to he was 45. 45, and he was above 500 in his last season. Five-time Cy Young winner, and apparently he was told yesterday we were talking about going to do the Super Bowl show next year, the Super Bowls in Arizona, and Charles Barkley, I thought, opened the door, literally, for us to come in and spend the whole week at his house, his compound. And then I find out we can't go in the house, we can be in the guest house, and we're probably going to be on the tennis court. And I thought, well, that doesn't sound like fun. And then I thought, well, we'll just reach out to Randy Johnson. He lives by, and maybe Randy will let us stay at his house. Yes, he... And Charles is like, we could only be there for the day. We can't even sleep over. Yeah. What the heck? That's not fun. Oh, I'm looking for content there. Yeah, Paulie. But, Dan, I just found this. Randy Johnson sold his Paradise Valley home. That's that's an area in Scottsdale for $7 a couple years ago. It was 25,000 square feet. I'm looking at it. It's legit. High ceilings, as you'd imagine. Yes, for a guy who's 6'10". I don't know where he lives now. Well, Charles's house has 20,000 square feet. And I thought only 20,000. Yes, I thought that that's what Randy Johnson says. I thought that maybe that was enough room for us to do our show there during Super Bowl week. And then I find out we can do it. We basically get there real early in the morning and then we have to leave right as the show ends. And I thought, well, maybe check in with Randy Johnson. So the big unit will join us later on this hour. Yes, Paul. We should make sure unit's not living like a 28-foot Winnebago or something. We get bait and switched. Uh, It's a showcase of immortals, the grandest stage of them all. Don't miss the most stupendous two-night WrestleMania in history, streaming April 2nd and 3rd, only on Peacock. Go to PeacockTV.com. Sign up now. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Say good morning to Peacock. That's our streaming partner. Also, our great radio affiliates around the country, iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio lineup, nearly 400 cities around America. Seaton froze up when I asked him for the results of the poll question from the first hour. I gave him 10 minutes to collect himself, and here we are in the second hour, Seaton. Dan, we asked who had the best week. <laughs> Your options were Bobby Wagner, just signed himself a tasty new deal. Mm-hmm. Coach K, back in the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Tiger Woods might be playing at the Masters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giannis pretty much locked up the MVP. Maybe, in my opinion. In your opinion. Yeah. Todd Bowles giving the keys to a Super Bowl winner. And Shaheen Holloway upgrading from uh, St. Peter's to Seton Hall, theoretically, with a fairly monstrous check. Yes, I'm going to guess he probably... 10 times his salary at St. Peter's with uh, Seton Hall. You want to guess the voting? I'm going to say Tiger playing at the Masters. Tiger playing at the Masters right now is basically in a three-way tie for second. Shaheen Holloway running away with it, 32%. All right. Fritzy's been working on his Coach K impersonation. Nobody asked for it, but you've been working on it. Now stop that. Okay. Wait a second. That's not the way you intro an impersonation. I, wait, I, I need to say this. This was unacceptable what you just did. Wait, wait. That sounds like you. 
without the lisp. No, no but you, 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 ha- you cut it out. I have to say something. Yeah, that's here. better. Quiet it's, down. It's Todd enunciating. Yeah, it's actually is. <laughs> I don't care how many weeks you were sitting outside in a tent trying to get tickets to this game. That was unacceptable what just happened here. Now, quiet down. Okay. Are we having Coach K on next week? <laughs> I hope so. I think he would appreciate the impersonation, no? You, you do him as, as good pie better than I do. I love what you do. Okay. I'm just trying to copy because you. Because if I have Coach K on next week, I'm going to say, hey, uh, Coach, listen to Fritzy do his impersonation of you. We could do that. You would do after, it? After the Shannon Sharp thing, when I was actually sitting right across from him and feeling how huge his biceps are, <laughs> I think I could pretty much do any of that. That one was the most awkward one I think we've ever had. Hey, you know, Fritzy does his Shannon Sharp. Hey, why don't you do it for him? He'll get a kick out of that. Why don't you uh... do, do your Shannon Sharp voice? And Shannon didn't laugh for the first 60 seconds mm-hmm. of it. I, know, I like the Denver Broncos are going to win the AFC West. I know the, I know the Chiefs are good, and the Chargers got better, Reeves got better, and all the quarterbacks there. But they got Russell Wilson now. They go, I think they're going to go Super Bowl. Thank you, Todd. We'll get the phone calls coming up. Uh, if you're an NFL fan, you're hoping for a, a veteran free agent to help your team. I got bad news because the L.A. Rams, they're pouncing on everybody here. They don't have any draft picks. They can't trade any draft picks, but uh, they've landed some proven veterans. I love what they've done. You got two former uh, Pro Bowlers, Allen Robinson, Bobby Wagner. So Robinson gives the Rams high-end receiver, play across from Cooper Cup, and uh, that's already a potent offense. Wagner, I kept thinking, is Denver going to pick up Bobby Wagner? Who's going to pick up Bobby Wagner? He's a six-time All-Pro, and he can play three downs. First, second, third down. But, you know, we keep talking about the AFC. Got to talk about the NFC because, you know, Green Bay is not going to be as good as they were last year without Devontae Adams. Tampa Bay coming back. You've got a coaching change there. I don't know if you look at the Cowboys as legitimate here. But the Rams, the Rams have done defending champs. and fallen off. If you say I got Aaron Donald, Bobby Wagner, and Jalen Ramsey – is there a team that has star players, future Hall of Famers on all three levels there? Defensive line, middle linebacker, defensive back. And then you throw in the offense there. And you throw in Sean McVay. The Rams should be getting a lot more consideration as defending champs being able to repeat. But it feels like, did you see the over-unders? The over-unders yesterday came out on what Vegas thinks is going to happen. And there's so much parity that I don't think they have any team winning 12 games next year. I think maybe you have 11, 11 and a half for these teams. But if you look at the parity there, certainly with the AFC West, even Green Bay in that bad division, Dallas in that bad division, the Rams in a tougher division, certainly with the Niners and and the Cardinals, Seattle will be down. Paulie, does anybody have, is anybody projected to have 12 wins the over-under? No, that's pretty extreme. Like, uh, the, the Chiefs went down a win from last year. They're at 10.5 wins projected. Yeah. They were 11.5 last year. The Bills, Packers, and Bucks, 11.5 wins projected. That's the betting line. Mm. Then on the other end of that, the Houston Texans, 4.5 wins. The Jets, as always, 5.5 wins. Mm. And the Falcons, 5.5 wins. By the way, Seahawks, Bobby Wagner, he's happy. The Seahawks are fourth from last. And wins projected last. What do they have? Seven? Six. So, okay. Yikes. But there's always going to be two or three teams, always, that move up, two or three teams that fall down. Happens every year because the schedule, they cater the schedule to if you're 
you know, weren't a good team the previous year, they want to help you. If you were a good team, then they usually uh, use that against you when the, when the schedule comes out. But you start to look at who you're going to be playing. And I thought Green Bay, with Devontae Adams, was going to have at least 12 wins. Maybe 13 wins. Because you're in a bad division, and I think they play at the NFC East, AFC East. Does that sound right? Now, Buffalo is obviously good. New England will probably be average. Miami will be a little bit better. Uh, then you have the Jets in there. As far as the NFC East, I, don't, I think Dallas is not as strong as they were last year with some of these moves and players they've lost. Um, Philadelphia should be better. Let's see what they do in the draft. You know, the Giants, it's one thing when you have a bad team. But when you have a bad team and no salary cap room, you have the New York Giants. Washington, the commanders with Carson Wentz, they could be better. Not significant, but they could be a little bit better than than people are probably projecting. What's the over-under for the commanders? I'm going to say eight. We're going to get that, but you're, I didn't realize the Giants, you're right, the New York Giants have the least amount of cap room. After How is that possible? They just upped the cap, and they, I don't think the Giants added a lot of people in free agency unless I was sleeping. They only have $700,000 in cap room. They can afford a long snapper. Damn, you can't even have a Christmas party with what they have with the left of this salary cap. The Saints have $26 million are coming off, you know, two years ago they were a 13-win team. Hmm. What's the over-under on the Commanders? Yes, Todd. I'm looking at seven and a half. Okay. All right. Maybe I'm going eight. Maybe I'm going to go with the eight with the Commanders. Eight wins this year. And you think, wow, they go eight and eight. No, it's eight and nine. A couple of phone calls in here. Todd in North Carolina. Hi, Todd. What's on your mind today? Hey, guys. No awkward uh, pauses today. Uh, reason I was calling, my son and I are going to leave this evening and do a father-son trip, drive down to New Orleans for the Final Four. Nice. And I was just trying to get some recommendations from you guys on uh, must-eat places. Uh, that would be Paulie's wheelhouse there. Don't sleep on the Garden District in New Orleans if you get a chance to go there. A lot of people focus on you know, the French Quarter, and there are a lot of great places there. But I found that every time I've gone there, Garden District never disappoints. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, Dan, you, it, the more touristy the area, usually the worse the meal. Yeah. You're like Times Square in New York, that's not where you generally want to eat. There's a place that we went to when we were first in New Orleans. It's called Cochon. Mm. Yeah. That's a great spot. Hear the noise in the room when just saying the name. Mm-hmm. They have a little sandwich shop in the back called Butcher. I ate there six times in nine days. <laughs> Butcher. Andrew in Washington. Hi, Andrew. Welcome back. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Dan and Danette. Hey, um, real quick, I'm going to be watching this weekend with my wallet on the table and my heart on my sleeves. I'm a huge Duke fan. Been there for 30 years. Got a Duke tattoo even. Call me crazy. But um, if I win my pool at work, if UNC and Kansas go to the championship game. So just a little bit there. And I also, since we've been doing Jeopardy and we talked about Trivial Pursuit, I have a real quick trivia question for the room. All right. All right, Hubert Davis of UNC has become only the second man ever to play for and be the head coach of the same school in the Final Four. Could anyone name the other man to do this? He played for and coached for. In the Final Four, the same team, yes. It can be a hard one. What, so, it what, makes it full, what, yes. What decade? The 50s. Oh, boy. 
<laughs> yeah, Marv. Is it John Wooden? He was no, at Purdue. Um, we're we're going to bring it full circle. So it was Dick Harp in 1957 for the Kansas Jayhawks. Now, the Kansas Jayhawks eventually lost to UNC in the championship that year in a double overtime, I believe. All right. Well, that's a, that's a deep cut there, Andrew. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, John Wooden played at Purdue. And then coach at UCLA. Yeah, Mar. I I know, but in my mind, I was just he said a hard one, and he said that guy's name. No, no, I know. It's a, it's a it's a good reach there. Keep your head up. All right. uh, Phil in New Mexico. Hi, Phil. What's on your mind today? Yeah, I got a mock headline uh, jingle for you. Oh, it's entitled. Uh, it's entitled for what it's worth. Okay. There's a man with a script over there. What it says ain't exactly clear. Todd Ritzy speaking his mind, getting so much resistance from the down. It's time we stop. Hey, what's that sound? Another mock headline going down. Yeah, I think that that's uh, Buffalo Springfield. Well done. Does that sound right? Well done. I think. A nice voice there. Well done, Phil. Uh, King in St. Louis, then we'll take a break. Rex Chapman will join us. Hey, King. Hey, morning. Hey, morning, DP. Hey, so I have, so I have some mock headlines for you. Now, I was going to put on my Bill Shakespeare head and strictly stay to uh, Limerick style. I'm going to do Limerick style, but in light of the last guy that just called, I've decided to give you my lovely voice, and I'm going to sing them to you now, but still with my Bill Shakespeare head on. So okay. here we go. You'll know the tune as I sing it. <clears throat> I believe I can mock. Will wouldn't slap the rain, the rock. While Tiger Pound sits the PGA, tossed the new captain in Tampa Bay. The Lakers can't bust to a win. Albert's flying with my Cardinals once again. So don't hesitate, clap and celebrate, even Marvin with little hands. All right. Well, thank you, King. Thank you, King. Well done. Well done. All right. Uh, we'll take a break. Rex Chapman will join us uh, coming up. More phone calls as well. And Bubba Watson. I think he's uh, set to drive up to Augusta today. And uh, him and his wife. Uh, so we'll talk to him about the possibility of Tiger playing at Augusta. He'll join us uh, in about an hour from now. Also, Randy Johnson, the big unit, will join us in about uh, 25 minutes from now. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Bubba is a link soul. Actually, he's an investor because and Alex Smith is an, an ambassador. I think I'm an ambassador to Link Soul. Bubba Watson put up money to invest in Link Soul. And uh, so he'll be at Augusta wearing Link Soul when he's out there on the course. It's a lifestyle rooted in golf. It can be worn on and off the course. By the way, they do so many great things. They got a T-shirt now that's available. And uh, the uh, wife of Lee Elder, uh, they, they have a T-shirt there that's available. And Lee Elder in 1975 broke the color barrier at, at Augusta. He has since passed away in 2021, leaving behind a legacy that will live on through the game in his family. And his wife now faces serious health issues of her own. And they are giving 100% of the proceeds from the sale of this T-shirt, the Lee Elder Trust. And uh, this is thanks to the uh, generosity of the folks at Link Soul. Lee Elder Memorial Fund to grow his legacy, expand the reach of his golf. 
uh, reach up golf and uh, help his wife with uh, her mounting medical bills. Linksoul.com and check out everything that they have to offer. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. More phone calls coming up. Randy Johnson, the big unit. I'm looking at his numbers. He might be underrated. You don't think of that. But I remember when he was with the Montreal Expos, and I thought he was Nuke Lelouch before Nuke Lelouch. He was 7-13 and 13 his first year, and you weren't sure if he was going to throw it to the backstop, hit somebody, or strike somebody out, or all the above. And then all of a sudden, he found magic. It, it's almost like Sandy Koufax did, too, because Koufax... I think that had a hard time with control and then all of a sudden found it and then never looked back. But uh, the big unit will join us coming up. I didn't realize he had won five Cy Young awards. I think four in a row, but he, and he pitched till he's 45. Yeah, Paul. Dan, he was a top five in the Cy Young in his twenties and in his forties. His first year in the pros though, he had seven wild pitches, seven balks, hit seven guys. He struck out 130 and walked 100. And could you imagine being a left-hander going to the plate against him back then? Rex Chapman, Turner Sports College basketball analyst, former Kentucky star, Twitter legend, and his show, the weekly show Rex Chapman premieres this Monday on CNN Plus. New episodes will stream every Monday. Did you get recruited by Coach K at Duke? No, they knew I couldn't get in. <laughs> well, how, did, how did they know that <laughs> uh, they probably just saw me do an interview <laughs> did north carolina recruit? yeah i visit i visited carolina i loved carolina growing up i visited uh carolina kentucky louisville georgia tech another place i couldn't get in as a favor to craig neal who played on the team then uh but yeah no i loved carolina dean was the guy I was just talking about this to uh, some buddies the other day when I was growing up and maybe when you Dean Smith was the guy yeah. like he was and to like to my son, who's 29, Coach K is the guy. Um, I just can't can't believe he's retiring. I kind of hate it. But do you remember, did you go to North Carolina and you were in Dean Smith's office? Yes, sir. Uh, I was uh, I was. Uh, I remember Roy, young Roy Williams uh, was the main recruiter. Uh, he, had, he had just gotten into coaching, and he and Dean flew to Owensboro, Kentucky uh, to pick me up. I flew back with them to Carolina. They had uh, Jeff Lebo, Brad Darty, um, Joe Wolf, Kenny Smith. Uh, they had a really nice squad. I had a great visit. Um, just probably wasn't going to leave the state. <laughs> but do you look back and go, would it have been better for me to leave the state instead of staying in house oh. where you were a you were a legend in the state of Kentucky and the pressure was probably pretty immense that maybe if you'd gone to Carolina, would it have changed things for you? I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I do know this, that given what I've gone through, I'm not sure if I'd have gone somewhere else that that place would have welcomed me back with open arms like uh, Kentucky did and the state and the university uh, after some of my issues. So I don't really second guess that uh, Kentucky's a, an amazing school. It's been great to me. I love the people there. Um, 
I don't know about the wouldas and couldas. Yeah. Uh, Louisville was Louisville was really my my only other school that I truly considered, and I grew up loving Daryl Griffith, um, Denny Crum, that whole thing. Doctor Duncan Stein, Doctor Duncan yeah. Stein. I mean that that team. Who was it? Bobby Turner was he? The... No, I well, you know what they had. Uh, Dr. Duncan Stein, they had the McCray brothers, Rodney and Scooter, yeah. Poncho Wright, Wiley Brown had, had the, the thumb. Missed his thumb. Missing, missing thumb. thumb. Yeah. Yeah. What a what a team. And they got up and down the court. They were also proximity wise. Louisville is about only about an hour and a half from Owensboro, where I grew up, where Kentucky is about two and a half away. How did North Carolina get here? Wow. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I you know, I did some of the tournament stuff uh, for for TNT. How was and that experience, by the way? It was awesome. It was fantastic. Yeah, you know, it beats working. <laughs> <laughs> so it was great. Um, but I saw Duke play the first game of the season against Kentucky in New York in the Garden, and Duke was so much bigger uh, that I thought this team's this team has to be in the final four at some point. I completely forgot about all of that. Once I started looking at the brackets, that being said, I think Carolina's here because they're big. They are huge. They've got a big team. This matchup is crazy. You know, I can't imagine. I can't believe this is the first time these two programs have met in the, in the tournament. Um, but what a beautiful matchup. I love Roy Williams. I love Hubert Davis. I, it, nothing would make me any happier to see Hubert Davis win it his first year out. I'm rooting for Coach K, though. I really am. Well, hasn't he earned enough, got enough? Nope. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, shouldn't he share? He is. Johnny Dawkins and those guys willed him to one of his first Final Fours. These, this team is willing him now uh, to this Final Four. And that... If you'd have told me, we talked about Dean Smith a little while ago. He had, you know, that's how kind of I learned to watch basketball was watching him. Coach K came in when that era of basketball was still going on. And look at how he's adapted. He's not only adapted to, uh, you know, the landscape of college basketball with the one and done and all that. But I remember a few years ago, Jabari Parker playing for Duke just came down and launched one. No passes, just launched one. And I'm thinking in my mind, he's coming right out. Kay's jerking him out. Nope, let him keep playing. So there's some things you just have to let go now, and he's done that. Yeah, I watch, we're talking to Rex Chapman. I'm watching a lot. There's a lot of bad shooters in college basketball, Rex. I was built for this, this era. Bad, I invented bad shots. <laughs> <laughs> you might have been better now. <laughs> might have been. Don't have to play defense at all. Come on. No, but I'm watching this. And, you know, I like Villanova. Um, I do too. You know, Jay Wright is a wonderful coach. Bill Self has done it again with a team that probably doesn't have a legitimate star there. We're investing more in the coaches probably than we ever have. Now, Hubert Davis is the outlier, but still he has the pedigree and that franchise does. Is that what college basketball is? I I liken it to you're either 18 years of age or you're 23 years of age. It's either you're one and done or you're a fifth-year senior. Yeah, I I think we we all have to get used to changing our our 
lens of college basketball and what that means. Players are getting paid now. Just get used to it. They're pro, they're professional players or semi-pro players. Um, I got no problem with the coaches making money. I do have a problem with, you know, now we see the transfer portal and I know people are upset about it, but come on, this is a system you guys have in place. Now guys can basically guys who want to be traded can get traded. Well, the <laughs> coaches, college. the coaches have and been the, in the transfer portal forever. And, and that's my point. I'm fine with the coaches making the money, but they may need to sit out for a year if they go just up and break their contract and go somewhere else. That's not right, especially when the players couldn't do that. That's definitely not right. It's never been right. Tell us about the new show on uh, CNN. Well, apparently they found something to do with me, Dan. I know you and I talked months ago and you said, Nobody knows what to do with you. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. I talked to Rex and his agent, and they're, they're like, what do we do with Rex? I go, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't want that pressure to try to do something with you. You know, and I got some really good advice from you, from Rich Eisen, from some people who know some things in the business. And, you know, the main thing was, Rex, don't let them do anything too television-y. You know, you're – I'm not a host. I can't do what you do. I'm not a play-by-play guy. That's a whole different set of skills. Uh, so really, my show is just me sitting down and talking with people. I can tell you a few of the people that we had on uh, on our first episode on Monday. It'll be Jason Sudeikis. I went over to London and interviewed him. We had a great time. Just sat at their little their bar that they go to in the show and uh, for an hour and just had a Terrific conversation. I've interviewed Ben Stiller. That'll come up on another one. Kevin Love. Uh, terrific conversation with Kevin Love, who I had never really, we had never met each other. Um, and we talked a lot about mental health. Um, so I'm excited. I don't like anything that I do, whether it was basketball or this or any. I hate watching myself. They forced me to watch some of it. It's not bad. They made you look good. They, <laughs> they made me look good. Hey, what they can do with editing and post-production, post, uh, amazing. Was the it, team of people. Was Jason Sudeikis, of people that they, uh, Jason Sudeikis a college basketball? Did you talk about his uh, college basketball career? Yes, and it's fantastic. Uh, you know, because I, I don't want to give too much away, but I tell people that, like with Allen Iverson, Allen, if you go up to Allen telling you love him as a basketball player, he said, well, he'll say, well, I'm a football player. You should have seen me play football. In Jason's mind, he's a basketball player. Uh, you know, on his SNL, you know, beginning of his SNL career, you know, he's out on the playground here in New York shooting hoops. He played seriously, took it seriously, did drills, the Maravich drills, all of that stuff. Decent high school player, went to play in college. That's what he wanted to do. Yeah. So we get into that, a lot of other good stuff, and uh, I'm just excited about it. Uh, social media roughed you up with the Pete Gillen uh, rest in peace. <laughs> um, and, uh, I'm thrilled Pete is alive. I, I am uh, too. I am too. Day. But, Rex, I'm watching it live. <laughs> and I go, Rex can't be on drugs again. Like, Rex, you can't do this to me. He can be. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he, he could be. But I'm, I'm watching. I'm going, I think he just said Pete Gillen was dead. And then yeah. I, I thought maybe you had God Sham God dead. And yeah. I thought, what, you're killing everybody. That's what the guys said on the set. We went to break and Seth said, 
did you say R.I.P. Pete Dillon? I said, yeah. And he goes, and he goes, well, I think he's alive. I said, oh, shit, who am I thinking of? And he goes, and I said, I'm thinking Skip Prosser. That's who I'm thinking of. And who they both coached at Xavier when I was growing up. Uh, but that was it. Um, Have you, you talked know, to you Pete Dillon since I said, I, they sent me a, a friend of his, took a picture, sent it to me, <laughs> put it on Twitter. I sent back, great Pete, happy to know you're alive, buddy. <laughs> of course, when he dies, do? they're going to say, hey, Rex, Pete it's Gillen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hope yeah. you're happy. I'm, I'm just preempting <laughs> the sadness. <laughs> how do you do, because you you're busy on Twitter, how do you react when you're the subject of Twitter? Twitter's not real. Twitter's not real life, man. I, I've, I, people come at me on Twitter all the time. Nobody does it in person. I see people out in the street all the time. Nobody says a damn thing. Twitter's just a, Twitter's just kind of fun. You can't take it too seriously. It's not real. I, uh, I saw somebody made a comment about you looking like Scott Van Pelt. But see, I have the look. It's he took it from me. Well, Andre no, Agassi they, took it from me. They said you look like <laughs> Scott Van Pelt if Scott Van Pelt uh, owned a chocolate factory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good! Uh, it's, it, it's so good. And what's funny about that too is Scott and I. Scott and I get stopped. I get stopped in the airport all the time. People go SVP. Sometimes I'm like, no. Sometimes I'm like, yeah. And I'll sign Scott Van Pelt and let them go on their way. And I know Scott gets the same thing. Hey, great, great to talk to you. And uh, good you luck too, on Monday. And uh, thanks for joining us, bud. Anytime, DP. Thanks to all the guys there. Hello and goodbye. And that's Rex Chapman, guys. Turner Sports College basketball analyst and uh, former NBA star. His new show, Rex Chapman, premieres Monday, April 4th on CNN Plus. New episodes will stream every Monday. Take a break. Got our play of the day. We got the big unit, Randy Johnson, joining us coming up next here, Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Mike check. Mike check. Do you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game? What's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. And let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move and tap in with me on KJ Live wherever you get your podcast from. More phone calls coming up. We'll get to Randy Johnson here in a moment. Last week, we had Dave Roberts on, Dodgers manager. And somehow, we ended up with a conversation and a story about when Dave Roberts went to the plate and actually tried to bunt on Randy Johnson. Here's the Dodgers manager. I didn't get the chance to hit the homer off Randy because he drilled me in the ribs anyway. So, um, yeah, so I got the, the, the uh, repercussion of getting hit by Randy. I guess I could have had him sign that ball. What did it feel like? 
I still feel it. Um, it was a it was ninety seven two seamer, and uh, it was opening day, maybe two thousand three. I tried a bunt, oh. um, and then the ball went foul. And Juan Pierre always told me, he said, "Hey man, if you try to bunt off Randy, he's like the Nolan Ryan guy. Where if you bunt, you better make it fair because if you don't." The next one's going to be in your ribs. And I swear, Danny, it was like uh, he's up there with this big black glove right under his eyes, and you got that visual. And I think it was, I swear, it was like the Top Gun radar lock right on my ribs, and I could just sense it. And then it was a heat-seeking 97 two-seamer just running right into my ribs. That's Dave Roberts, the Dodger manager. Randy Johnson, the big unit, joining us on the program. Why was it offensive if somebody tried to bunt on you? I'm not aware of that at all, Dan. <laughs> because isn't that the ultimate compliment to you, Randy? I can't hit you. I, I, I might be able to bunt to get on. But you and Nolan Ryan took it personally. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure of uh, you know Nolan's reasons and, you know, there was a lot of people that bunted off me. Uh, um, and maybe that was, you know, they were doing the best that they could do uh, to use uh, their ability to get on base, I guess. I just, I didn't see it any way other than, you know, I was just going to make it tough for you to get on base, regardless <laughs> of whether you were swinging the bat or button. Do you remember hitting Dave Roberts? I don't. <laughs> but but I'm sure your engineers could probably look up how many batters I hit. And I and 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 I think it's a legit question. I think there's I'm close to being at the top of hit batters in Major League Baseball. Well, you did pitch to your 45, so you're going to hit a few. How many how many did Unit hit, Paulie? He had 190, but uh he really peaked in 92-93 when he led the league in hit batsmen. Mm. There you go. Did you ever feel sorry for somebody you hit? Uh, my mom. <laughs> you, you, a father-son, a mother-son game, you, you, you plunked your mom? Yeah, wiffle ball in the backyard <laughs> one summer. It was, it was a couple of weeks ago, actually. <laughs> and your mom's 6'10 as well, so. Yeah, and she's 94. <laughs> What could you give me now? You're going to you're going to be what? 59 coming up here? 59 I think. Uh, 59 and uh I think before we continue any further I should uh talk about the disclosure of anything I say does not represent my employer, family or friends and uh <laughs> because t- because today's April 1st. Okay. So with, with that being said, let's continue now. Okay. If you if you got six weeks to get ready, what would you what what do you think you could throw? What would be your top end? Uh, well, Dan, I've had three back surgeries, five knee surgeries, <laughs> and my last year I retired when I was forty six, actually not forty five. Okay. Uh, and with San Francisco, and I actually tore my my uh, a rotator cuff. And I never had surgery. I just kind of let it scar over, if you will. So uh, I'm not really sure how effective I would be uh, or how scary I would be out there. Uh, I might be a little bit vulnerable not being able to throw 95 to 100. What is the motivation to play into your 40s? You know, we look at Tom Brady, some other athletes. Nolan Ryan, I think, was 45. But do you remember? you're, You're financially set. Your legacy is set. What is it that keeps you going? 
because at that point in my career, I was having more fun than I had ever had. The expectations weren't quite as great as they once were at the peak of my career. And now I was more of a, a mentor, if you were, uh, when I was with San Francisco. Barry Zito, Tim Lincecum, Matt Kane, Sanchez. That's why they had me come to San Francisco, so I could be more of a mentor. And going out there and with the wind at my back at AT&T Park, <laughs> throw, throwing 91 on a good day was great. Yeah. And, and, you know, I was pitching to more contact back then and would try to get a double play. And for me back then, that was success. And I just loved the game. And, uh, you know, I might have even tried to play another year had I not tore my, my rotator cuff. But you look at your style in today's game, where it's basically you throw it hard and I swing really hard. How would, you, how would your career be different with today's philosophy with hitting and pitching? If I was in my prime playing today's game with the way the game's being played today, I'd have 400 strikeouts. <laughs> in a season? In a season. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I came close a couple of years uh, in the years that I played back then. Um, and people were swinging hard back then. But now – I think analytics has really taken over, and and it, and in some ways, it's it's a very important uh, part of the game. But I don't think it's really important to know what the exit velocity was. Uh, I know when I'm sixty feet six inches away from the hitter, and I give up a home run. I know by the crack of the bat and the velocity, the ball is going over my head. Nine out of ten times, I know when it's a home run. I don't need to know you know, what the exit velocity was, 125 miles an hour. What was that sound like when you know that you've given up a home run? Uh, the face on the baseball. You know those old cartoons that you used to see <laughs> when the face on the baseball is going by you screaming? It's like warped. <laughs> it's like going, yeah! Exactly. Yeah. And there was a few of those home runs that I gave up that were like that. Well, McGuire's... That was a bomb. But yeah. do you even turn around when you give up that home run? I don't even remember. No? No, <laughs> no we, we, were, we were teammates at USC, and it was in the Kingdom. And uh, <laughs> I, actually, I actually struck out 19 in that game. <laughs> I struck out 19 in that game, and, uh, and, I was and, and we lost the game. And he hit that prolific home run. And when he rounded the bases <laughs> – uh, and he got into the old kingdom there up in Seattle. He sat in the doorway right between the benches. And I kind of saw him, and I just gave him a tip of the hat, and he gave me one back. And, you know, that was a friendship that we had being old teammates from college. Yep. That's just, I got it. I'm going to throw it. You swing. If you hit it, good for you. Uh, yeah, I, didn't, I, I knew the exit velocity was pretty good. <laughs> Your name came up yesterday. We had Barkley on. And Barkley, we thought, was going to welcome us to his home during Super Bowl week in Arizona. And then we find out we're only there for a morning. We don't get to go in the house. And I go, damn, I should reach out to Randy Johnson. You know, you would be more hospitable than Barkley. This is exactly what I heard, Dan. This is what I heard, and this, and I'm so glad that we've connected because I do want to be a host. In fact, 
Have a cigar. <laughs> from the White House. Exactly. A, a humidor from the White House. Oh, look at this. There's the open door policy. How, so, big, how big is the house, though? The house is about 25,000 square <laughs> okay. feet. Okay. What, what, did, what did Charles call his place affectionately? A compound. A compound. But wasn't it called like the Barclay something? I called it the Barclay Center. Uh, that, that, that's cute, Dan. Thank you, Randy. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, is this an invitation? When you're, the, when you're the MVP of the only championship in the Valley of the Sun, <laughs> your millions of fans simply know you as and reside at Area 51. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll have all security clearance when you stay on my compound. What do we have there? What kind of toys do we have when we get to the Randy Johnson compound, Area 51? You have an assortment of high-performance sports cars, gassed and charged and ready to go. You'll have nothing but the finest wine and champagne. (laughs) Look at that. (laughs) You will be staying in the West Wing. You will have a 5,000-square-foot recording studio that opens up to the grotto where there's an entertainment center out there for your recording of the Super Bowl week-long stay there. Damn. Uh, Can we take BP against you? Well, that's a disclaimer that you're going to have to sign. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we don't do that. That that might not go well. I, I, th- I'm rolling out the welcome mat and the red carpet. Why is... Charles didn't decide to do that, I have no idea. Well, he's not as and generous he, as and, you. And then he said something about how I'm not so friendly. I don't know where that came <laughs> from. I've been retired for 11 years. <laughs> there might have been a point in your career where you weren't friendly, Randy. There might have been. Might have been. Yeah. On game day, yeah. Yeah, oh, I, oh, I found that out the hard way. Um, hey, great to talk to you, and uh, we'll stay in touch, but thanks for joining us. All right, take care, Dad. All right, that's Randy Johnson, Hall of Famer. Now that, that's how you welcome somebody <laughs> to the Valley. Mr. Arizona. Yes. I mean, we don't need Charles Barkley. I'm going to do a little drive-by. We go to Unit's place. We stay in the West Wing. We get to have fun. Recording studio. Cars all gassed up, ready to go. Cigars. Yeah. Wine. We got it all. Yeah, Paul. Are we sure that was Randy Johnson? It was like Don Rickles or someone. He's (laughs) crushing it. I think it was. Randy Johnson. It's like a body switching movie. I know. That was great. We don't need Charles Barkley. Sorry, who? Yeah. All right. Final hour coming up. Bubba Watson headed to Augusta. We'll get him before he uh, heads up or heads down the two hours there. Final hour coming up. One more item. We close out hour two. We all have different ideas about success. We achieve it at different times. We achieve it in different ways. And if you've recently changed jobs or considering retirement, you need to think about what you're going to do. What are your goals? You're thinking about investment portfolios or maybe retirement accounts. And retirement is a big step. Can't afford to make mistakes. 
You don't have to do it alone because for over 130 years, Stiefel Financial Advisors have been helping clients like you create personalized retirement plans. They help you understand the options for claiming Social Security and implement an investment portfolio designed around your needs. And that's just the start. As a client, you also have access to Stiefel's award-winning equity research and investment strategy views, enabling you to make informed decisions regarding your hard-earned wealth. Invest in your success. Invest in Stiefel. Stiefel Financial Advisor, you'll find one at Stiefel.com, S-T-I-F-E-L, Stiefel.com, Stiefel, Nicholas & Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.